Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Michael Neuenschwander, he is a regular on the program. He's with a company called Outlook Wealth. Um, I believe it's actually Outlook Wealth Advisors, but they're at Outlook, outlookwealth.com. I love what they do. They're really a rubber meets the road type of firm. They're uh, holistic in their approach to investing. Um, and at the same time, they are very accessible uh, to individuals that they work with. You know, I've got to tell you, um, I'm a radio host, as you all know, Michael. <laughs> I've, been doing, yeah. and I, I've been doing this for 30 years. My show, this show is 20 years uh, old. And, uh, you know, there's so many people in your space that talk in an unaccessible way and makes the engagement excruciating rather than informative. And uh, I really love the fact that uh, that you make this stuff very accessible. Well, I, I appreciate it. You know, at the end of the day, if nobody can understand what you're saying, you're not helping anybody. So, yeah, maybe your own ego. Because you're so much smarter than everybody else, uh, but really smart people make things accessible. That's what I believe. And so love what you do. Talk a little bit more about your practice. I, I kind of give a very panoramic view, but I want them to learn more. And, again, it's OutlookWealth.com. Go right ahead. Yeah, so so at, at Outlook Wealth Advisors, I mean, we really specialize in uh, focusing on on people that are you know retired, preparing for retirement, but but frankly, you know, want that holistic or comprehensive view. And what what we mean by that is you know addressing the need for income and retirement, you know, what the investments are doing, obviously the tax picture, which we'll, we'll touch on a little today, as well as you know the healthcare, the estate, you know, so, so much of the industry just simply focuses on the investments. But, you know, as we've touched on before, if you're missing those other four to five critical pieces, you really don't have a plan that can, that can stand, you know, the test or the stress test, you know, of what the market or the economy or life, you know, throws at you. Yeah, very, very good. Uh, that holistic approach is crucial. Talk a little bit. You know, I, I've done a couple of interviews on this, but most of them have been from economists, and I love the fact that you are an actual uh, financial advisor, that you sit with people and you help them tactically as well as strategically uh, deal with things. And so there was a lot of hoopla uh, over the uh, uh, Inflation Reduction Act, and I was telling you during the break when I used to work in D.C. and I was an aide to a U.S. senator, you know, one of the running jokes was, if you wanted to know what a bill would not do, just look at the title of it. Well, I think that that fits perfectly uh, with this uh, particular act. It, it, it claims to have, have or will have a positive effect on inflation or a mitigating effect on inflation, but I don't see anything on the surface that would make me see that see that uh, no absolutely right and you know when the uh, wharton business school you know they put their economists to work and in digging into it and here's kind of the quote from them says low confidence that the legislation will have any impact on inflation <laughs> so you know exactly right. as you said you know but but let's look at it politically i mean who what politician is going to vote against an inflation reduction act and so you know that's that's the game in washington you know give it give, give it a yeah. title that nobody can object regardless of what's in it. 
Yeah, that's exactly true. In spite of that, a bunch of people voted against it. It, it barely passed, as you well know, uh, and yeah. that's because some of them did read it. But you're right. Once it's passed, you know, it becomes something to rally around. Look, we're fighting inflation, which obviously is the most pressing issue of the times and something that uh, we haven't seen to this effect since the early 80s. And so, woohoo! But again, yeah. you know, it goes back to what Thomas So, one of my favorite economists, says that he never understands how government thinks that if you add layers of expenses to something, that somehow creates more affordability. He was referring to Obamacare, Obamacare adding mm -hmm. all kinds of layers of expenses. And sure enough, we're going trying to independently buy health insurance, go up with that. And so there's a lot of that in this, isn't there? There, there is, and so if we kind of break it down, I mean, if if we look into it, there's there's a couple things that will help heal people in individual scenarios, and then there's there's obviously some negatives, you know, that go with it across uh, entire industries where you know it's still an attack on the on the oil and gas industry, you know, the pieces that are in there, and so uh, we can kind of break uh, break some of that down between the the headlines if you want, and turn and then what that means to uh, I say us us regular people, you know, as well. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Talk about, you know, you're looking at this, and, and again, one of the things we love about having you on is that you're applying what's happening in the news to your individual clients. So when you look at this, what do you think about, you know, obviously, for example, you mentioned oil and gas. Part of what you do is you help them with their portfolio. Obviously, that tells you you better look at their portfolio when it comes to those kind of investings. But investing, but what other what other things do you bring to the table when you look at a bill like this? Well, so there's two things that you know for that would impact you know small business owners or self-employed. You know, there's there's parts that make the headlines, and then there's kind of the the real part of it. So the the headline, you know, creation of a 15% you know corporate minimum tax rate. Well, let's, let's let's be fair. You know, right off the table, I mean that that applies to corporations with at least a billion in income. So for most of us who may be self-employed or have a small business, that's not us. And the and the truth well, is, we were probably paying more than 15% anyway. And so so that really only applies to corporations that were probably getting giant government subsidies, giant incentives, you know, to do things. Uh, so for most of us, that's not an impact. But the the scarier part is uh, is back to the IRS enforcement, you know, where you know you, we've all heard the news about you know, expanding the budget for the IRS. You know, they could potentially hire you know eighty six thousand agents over the next ten years, you know, et cetera. But the real message for that is. Uh, you know, small businesses, you know, people that have maybe a, a more complex tax return than just simply I got a W-2 from work. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're going to face higher scrutiny, particularly if you operated on a lot of cash basis or the way the, the way the industry has gone. You know, if they're trying to target people that are, you know, you're paid through Venmo, PayPal, Zelle, you know, all those new services. Um, well, a lot of people don't report some of that income, and that, and you're in your if you're in the crosshairs, you know, if that's if that's you, or if that's uh, if you've got a business that accepts those kind of payments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very interesting. And so, and guess what? Those are the you know, I, I realize across the board they're in uh, off-size businesses now. It's become very sophisticated. Mm -hmm. But I would say proportionally small business, especially micro businesses, and certainly gig type businesses have a much bigger usage of Venmo mm -hmm. and PayPal than other corporations. 
Well, you look at a lot of the, even the common stuff, you know, the, uh, the lawn care business, the salon, you know, the, uh, the dog trainers, you know, all of those where, you know, somebody can make a good living doing it. They're not a giant business, but it says uh, that's, you know, those are the kind of things where they're thinking, well, you're not paying your fair share because you're collecting uh, some money in cash or sort of uh, not through traditional channels. And so uh, that's, that's what they're really uh, coming after. Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, this is largely driven by the so-called party. And by the way, any listener of my show knows I don't like either parties. I'm not a party guy. In fact, I got plenty of uh, things wrong with both. Uh, but, yeah. you know, it is ironic that the party of the little guy has uh, so, the so-called party of the little guy, the Democrats, have created this legislation that's really targeted at the smallest of businesses, even the, yeah. the, the guy who cuts your lawn. Oh. Well, and, and, and to be fair, let's look at the other side. I mean, there are a few things when we look at it on an individual basis that, that can help some people. And so the two, the two big things in there, yeah, and largely, you know, kind of relate to people that are uh, either, either retired or, as you mentioned, you know, had the, having to get insurance through the, uh, the, through the Affordable Care Act, through Obamacare. And so the, uh, one of them had to do with uh, allowing Medicare to have uh, has some negotiating power with uh, with big pharma, and in that sense, um, that's good. You know, for most people that are on Medicare or receiving prescriptions, you know, limiting some of the out of pocket. And so, there are some wins for the for the normal people. You know, within there. The other, you know, the Affordable Care Act, a few years back, they increased those subsidies, you know, during the pandemic. And so it used to be, you know, that if you had income above 60000 you pretty much were on the hook for the full bill. You know, whatever, you know, 1500 a month, whatever it may be for medical insurance. Um, but for a couple of years, they brought that down and allowed those subsidies to kick in for people that had uh, more middle class, a little higher income within there. So part of this bill, they extended that too. So if if somebody was getting you know their health insurance from the exchange, um, well, in, instead of it going back up like it was supposed to, at least it's the status quo. Doesn't mean it's getting cheaper or better, but at least it's not going up on you like it was supposed to. You know, here with the expiration of those uh, those couple of uh, uh, reductions they had done during the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, of those two, and you're right, you know, I, uh, there's, there is a couple of good things in that. First one you mentioned is significant. In my opinion, it's significant. Uh, for some, you know, reason, Canada and England, uh, who doesn't, who don't make these drugs, uh, get to do volume discount deals, which the Big Pharma wouldn't do them with these countries unless they were still making money, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, here we come along, finally allowing our government uh, to make those kind of deals. Uh, I think it's long overdue. Yep, yep, absolutely. So, I mean, if, if we look at most bills, regardless of the name, because as we said, the, na- the name has nothing to do with what's in it, but, uh, you know, it's, we, can, we can pick it apart and say there's definitely some things we don't like that are going to hurt people, but there, there are a couple of things that in, in general, you know, have, may, should have some good benefits. Uh, but again, you know, that part may not apply to you until you're on Medicare. So that's for 65 and older, generally. Um, but the Affordable Care Act pieces are for for people under you know under sixty five, so a little bit to like if you have if those apply to you. But uh, the biggest things are you know, certainly isn't going to help you on the inflation front, and uh, and more than likely in the big picture is uh, is going to uh, 
impact you or at least make you a, a little more uh, under scrutiny from the from the tax enforcement side. And, uh, yeah, your accountant's going to have to work harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you'll be paying more for that too, by the way. So talk a little bit. You know, again, one of the big things for, for the longest time, not so much because it was a dramatic uh, drop in gas prices, uh, for, for several factors that some, you know, terrify policymakers because, you know, is there uh, a weakness now on demand that is allowing the gas price to go down? All those questions rising. But, you know, for but this legislation does nothing to help that. If anything, it could no. lead back to higher gas prices. And people think, oh, gas, higher gas prices, that's bad. You know, I have to go from point A to point B all the time. More than that, everything you buy has to go from point A to point B. And the cost of goods go up in proportion to the gas prices, or not direct proportion, but is directly impacted. I don't think people understand the real ripple effect of energy. No, no, and and I've got several clients in uh, you know that spent their career you know in oil and gas, either the engineers, geologists, and and you know it's interesting in talking to them that say even if the country as a whole moved to electric vehicles, well the reality is everything else we touch still has petrochemicals in it, from from plastics to clothing, you know, to paint, and so. It's not like, you know, by trying to have a push towards um, renewable energy or a push towards electric vehicles, you still need oil and the oil byproducts for all the other stuff. And so, you know, in punishing, in punishing that whole industry, um, the reality is, yeah, we may have some, some prices came down some, we're glad for that. But the big picture, you know, if you've got, uh, you generally have a government that's been negative on energy for, for most of the last 20 years, you know, through most administrations, uh, that part is not changing and it certainly doesn't fix the industry overnight. So, you know, we are going to have higher, you know, energy prices going forward and that's, that's just because of the policies we're, we've been doing now and what we've been doing the last, you know, 15 years. Yes, and that's one of the reasons why it's almost laughable when they have these press conferences and they talk about oil leases. You know, they know, they, the oil industry know, knows how this goes. First of all, they're not offering, you know, they'll say, we've got thousands of leases that they're not taking advantage of. You have to ask the million-dollar question of why. The reason why is because uh, who knows when, how long they will be allowed. It costs money to get them ramped up. It costs money to get them ramped down, in which they can be forced to do if the environment uh, changes. Uh, you know, are they actually profitable leases? Does it cost more to uh, exploit it than uh, what they can actually make from it? They don't. They don't. Uh, and, and some of the most valuable ones are never even brought to the conversation. And that was something no. we saw under Obama, too, all the time. Well, and that's the laughable part. When you hear politicians talk about it, is you know, earlier last year, you know, negative on, negative on oil, gas, and energy. And then, of course, as inflation hits this year, the, oh, well, we really want those oil companies to you know, ramp up their refining capabilities and get more gas to the market. Well, yeah. well, you can't have it both ways, and and the industry doesn't work that way. You can't just turn on turn on or increase capacity on on virtually no notice, you know, either. So, well, it just shows you. I mean, and again, I, I I'll beat up on all the politicians who don't like either side, uh, but you know, again, that kind of goes back to Joe Biden being a president who was first elected to office and has been in government office since Richard Nixon was president of the United States. He was a U.S. senator, 
when Richard Nixon was a uh, was president of the United States. That's kind of telling, isn't it? Yeah. Well, and, and like you said, you know, ni- neither side, uh, neither party, you know, are in the same boat. You're not a big fan of either. And so it's when you have politicians on both sides that have been politicians for 40 plus years, that's a clear sign they're they're out of touch with reality, out of touch with the, the normal, the regular U.S. citizen, you and I, you know, everybody else listening to this. Um, politicians are not in that world and, and don't understand yeah. it. Well, and more importantly, they don't understand what you just alluded to. We just can't turn it on. We just can't turn it off. If you never worked in business, you, you're not going to understand that. You don't understand. You, you know what I mean? It's a disconnect mm-hmm. that uh, makes it very, very difficult. Uh, okay, I, I, I'm in a, a, obviously a, a cantankerous mood about politicians. <laughs> I really appreciate. I really appreciate your uh, uh, assessment, though, and I think it's very practical, very hands-on. And again, I love the holistic approach that you take, which is why I uh, love suggesting to others that they look into what you do. Uh, one more time, uh, final thoughts, actually, real quick. We're, we went over a little, but I, I seem to always do that with you because I get wrapped up in the conversation. But final, final thoughts, and also go ahead and give your website one more time. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, as as we look at bills like this, where it says there's there's some good within it in terms of things for Medicare and things for health insurance, there's some bad in it in terms of taxes and, and focus on, uh, you know, push, uh, pushing on the oil and gas industry. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, it, it, at Outlook Wealth Advisors, my firm, I mean, that's, that's ultimately what we try to help people, you know, get through. To say when we really look at big changes like this, what does it mean to your dollars, to your retirement? You know, what kind of things do you need to be planning for or expecting coming down the road so that ultimately you have the retirement you want and you're not, you know, you're not thrown off track, at least by, by what comes out of Washington. You've got a plan to deal with it, plan to make sure you can still have the retirement of your, of your dreams and enjoy yourself. Yeah, that's a, a good note to end on. Michael Neuenschwander, make sure you check him out over there at OutlookWealth.com. Also, he has showed up in our newsletter called Read Instead, the best of the price of business digital network, including my interviews with New York Times bestselling authors, billionaires, Nobel Prize winners. Check it out. Make sure you get that newsletter. It's no cost. You can get it at PriceOfBusiness.com right there on the right-hand side. Just put in your email, one newsletter once a week. I'm Kevin Price. More for you after this.